Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. And we're doing this special episode because Alicia came to me to tell me that she has uh, put together a nice curriculum for our Black Love Blueprint Love, Money, and Life program, our curriculum at theblackloveblueprint.com. And so, uh, Alicia, what's on your mind today, baby? I really want your feedback. Okay. Because you're an expert at this. And so, I just want you to give me your honest feedback. Like, be sure to tell me, Alicia, that's not going to work, or that's going to work, or... So okay. can you do that? I can definitely do that. Okay, so you gave me lots of guidance. You told me that it should be about six modules I should put together. Yeah, six modules, so we could do six weeks. Six weeks? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first module is African-Centered Foundations in a Sacred Union. African-Centered Foundations in a Sacred Union. Okay, so that means like what... Um, an African-centered approach to healthy relationships? No, like just to the concept of marriage and family. And what does that mean? Okay. All right. What do you think about that? So you told me three subtitles. So what I was thinking is what does marriage and family mean? So I was thinking like, remember you were talking to Noma Langa and she was talking about like her family and her cultural values and all of that. So I'm thinking that would be nice to incorporate that into. So it's not like talking about feminist movement and what white values tells us that we should do and have as our family mm-hmm. values. It, so so ma- maybe in, maybe mm-hmm. instead of just marriage, maybe it could be like relationships, right? Because a lot of people are in relationships, but they're not married. Mm-hmm. Or, or just maybe relationships overall, you know, like mm-hmm. to people that you're not dating or something what do you well think? marriage is a rite of passage yeah but sometimes people don't get married sometimes mm-hmm. they don't get married like what if they just um what if they're just like i don't want to get married but i want to have a healthy relationship is oh. there room for those people yeah but okay that's interesting because i was thinking more of marriage being a rite of passage so the marriage and what that means so yeah. it's a right of patch. So you are not considered an adult until you've been married. It's two families coming together. It's an institution. So you mean that if I'm 50 years old and I ain't got married, I'm still a little kid? Not necessarily. Um, well, according to African-centered thinking, that's a sign of maturity and a sign of your own development it's bringing two families together more outside of just i'm in love with this person i'm in a relationship with this person it's what it means as an institution what are we building as a family as a black african family with african-centered principles so according to african-centered thinking there are different stages of rites of passage and each one of those passages are initiations into that particular i don't know uh, developmental stage and part of it is marriage. It's the union of a man and a woman, the process of bringing together. It's bigger than just you. This is two families coming together. Okay, so I think that's a great idea. Okay. And what I would like to do is expand that concept to bringing together two groups of people, two mm. teams, two whatever. Because I, 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 I don't want people who, don't, who aren't married or who are single to feel left out. Like, I want I this to be see. about... 
I want us to hit relationships. And and then marriage can be one of those, right? But, you know, like forming an LLC with another person is a lot like marrying them. You know, you got to find a way to get along. Yeah, you're bringing together resources. You you know, you're partnering or two companies merging or, you know, Mm, just things like that. Or just bringing people into your life. Like, I, I think that, you know, I think all those relationships are universality to relationships in terms of finding your synergies Hmm. building off that minimizing conflicts that's now now you're expanding it to all relationships i was thinking more of like not just marriage i was talking about i was thinking more like what does love mean like what does what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to be a woman in an african sense i think we could talk about that that's what i was thinking i think that could certainly be a big part of the discussion i think also i think we can make in addition to that Mm -hmm. make room for love in general like i love my community i want to Mm -hmm. i want to form unions with people in my community i want to network with people in my community i want people Mm -hmm. in my community in my friend circle I want people from my community to do business with me, right? And so so I think we could talk about romantic love and hit all of that, but then also have, you know, the the new stuff, the other stuff in there too. Because remember, there's a lot of people out there who don't have a healthy, happy relationship, who can't find anybody, or maybe they're just never going to get married. And I don't think that means that you're not... That's broad. Yeah, I don't think it has to be broad. Okay. I think we just take, remove the word marriage... And all, I mean, most of what a, a lot of marriage is, is forming a legal union with another person, bringing mm-hmm. together your resources and your families and finding a way to make sure you get along and help each other grow and make room for each other, you know? Oh, cause see, I was thinking, that makes sense though, but I was thinking like, how can a family come together and develop a mission statement for themselves economically? Okay. And I think, what does that mean I think to build a community? I think that's a great concept. I mean, okay. and I think, again, I don't think marriage is a requirement to have a family, right? Mm-hmm. Fam- marriage isn't a requirement for you to have a mission statement. Mm-hmm. So, but you're, like, people in your family, people in your family and a marriage in- as an institution, that's different from, I mean, it's same, it's the same. It's similar, but it's a different boundary. Like, when we talk to each other, we have different boundaries and how we interact with each other versus how I interact with people who are just my friends, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think we do absolutely, okay. but you know, I, I think I think overall, in general, when you're talking about trying to build with another person, there are a lot of universal concepts there that just apply. Okay. Like if you're fighting all the time, you can't build. You know, if you don't understand each other and mm-hmm. support each other and have a code of conduct. Okay, so you're making. Okay, I am so in love with marriage. Mm-hmm. I think and marriage, I love marriage, so maybe that's because that's what I think I can bring to this. Well, I know you love marriage, right? I, do I know love marriage, marriage. <laughs> right? Right. So, so I think that's, <laughs> and I think that's really good. It's it's a lot like think about it like sex, right? Like sex is one type of connection with another person, but sex is not the only way to be intimate, right? So maybe instead of talking about sex, you could talk about intimacy. So mm-hmm. instead of just talking about marriage, you could talk about relationships. Like, what does it mean to create a bond with somebody? Maybe a legal bond. And making that work. Mm, okay. You know, because well, that's what marriage, that's what separates marriage from everything else. What is the legal contract? You know, that's the big, that's the well, big there's, kicker. There's similarities and differences. So maybe we need to talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that. Because it's not exactly the same. Well, it's not exactly the same, but right. it's, it's similar. I'm not, is it? Are you uncomfortable? No. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay, so my second module, oh Lord, now that we've talked about that, this, the rest of it, 
may not be. Well, I don't think we have to keep using the word marriage. I think that we should use relationships and not just marriage. I know you've been you've been studying marriage Uh, all week, and I and I mentioned to you eighteen thousand times. I I don't want to just do marriage because there's just a lot. Most of people in our community are not married. A lot of people in our community can't find a spouse, or they don't want to. They don't want a spouse. Okay, I have thoughts about that. Right, but I won't share them right now. But I think um, so. That means my second one was just to talk about the reality of African-American families. Like, what are the statistics? What are, like, we should probably educate people on, you know, African-American marriages, divorces, blended families. Um, I was going to talk about emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, my whole thing on emotional disengagement and how typical that is in African-American families in particular. I think, yeah, I think emotions. But again, I wasn't thinking about relationships. No, but but emo- emotions are awesome. Everybody has emotions. I don't right. think you have to be married to have emotions, do you? Mm-hmm. You don't. Do unmarried people have emotions? <laughs> okay, but you know, I was thinking about how it relates in your interpersonal relationship. Like, I was just getting into like the love between a black man and black woman. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? So, like, when you're out doing business deals and you're talking about talking to other people, those ex- those set of expectations in terms of how guarded you're going to be, if you're going to put your walls down, if you're going to let me in, like, that's different than in your love, like, warm, close love, loving relationship. Those expectations are different. So where is that makes you, a, it's a survival skill outside of the house when you come into the house you need to be able to kind of turn that off because you need to be connected with your spouse mm-hmm. okay. you need to be engaged so in particular it may work in other ways but it doesn't so that's why I was thinking more marriages yeah I, just, okay. I think just expand it a little bit I mean take away the paperwork you know assume that you just have a commitment to another person Two things that define, I'd say, the majority of what marriage is, is the legal the legal commitment and this the formal commitment. Mm-hmm. I signed a piece of paper and I've committed myself to you in public to mm-hmm. to partner with you, you know, in a big chunk of my life. So I think that we should for sure emphasize the differences between a commitment mm-hmm. marriage a relationship versus other types of relationships because the expectations are different. Yeah, but I can tell you, I've been, I'm in, I'm, I'm right now in many committed relationships. Mm-hmm. They're just varying levels. It's like going mm-hmm. up the stairs, right? You have level one, level two, all the way up to level ten. Mm-hmm. So maybe with you, you and I have a level ten, but there may be other people I have or, uh, that I'm accountable to. You know, other mm-hmm. people I share recently. My brother, we have a relationship. It's, we don't live in the same house, but we have to get along. We have to mm-hmm. set common goals. We have to do. I'd say the relationship between me and my brother, seventy percent of that overlaps. <clears throat> with what you and I do. We're all the, in family. We're all family. You know, I mean, I, obviously certain things don't apply, right? You know, you talk about physical intimacy and stuff like that. But, you know, but a lot of the dynamics, you know, um, are not that much different. And I really don't want this to be a marriage class. Because as I told you, babe, a lot of our people in our community are not married. It doesn't mean... Yeah, it could not be. It could be that it's not an actual marriage because it's a piece of paper, but... I was thinking more romantic relationships. Okay, we can talk about romantic. Like we can. Because that's like, my like I think I think expertise. That's really my expertise. Right, and okay. my expertise is real. You know, is finance, money and finance. Money and, and finance. We gotta blend our 
expertise Absolutely. together here. Absolutely. Okay. And, I, and what I'll do is I can supplement that with, you know, financial training and information. And I think it's, but, but relationships, I've, I see all over the community where mm-hmm. trillions of dollars in wealth is lost because we can't maintain relationships. Okay, well, you see, know. that brings me to the next module, which is really nice. I, what I put together was that learning how to be very clear with your expectations, like expectations of yourself and expectations of other people. Yeah. And see, now I'm back to the love languages. I wanted to talk about um, the love triangle, passion, commitment, and intimacy, and interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can talk about expectations in terms of all relationships. Ah, every relationship okay. I have in business, every one of them, uh-huh. I think very carefully about what expectations I set. And making that clear. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, because if I don't, if I just assume you know what I want, mm-hmm. you're going to be confused and you're not going to give me what I want. I'm going to be mad. Mm-hmm. Or if I get you, give you the impression I'm going to deliver more than what you expect, then that could be an issue. So, you know... Hey, the management of expectations is really important. Okay. All right. Okay. So my next one is how do you balance? So making work-life balance. Um, how do you manage your finances? I figured that would be you. Remember we talked about the personalities, the different types of... Yeah, just, just know every week I'm going to talk about wealth and money. Okay. Every week. But that would be a good time for you to talk about what is your financial personality. Yeah. But then I'm, you know, yeah, I mean, I, that, I talk, like you could talk about this. Right. And I don't just talk about financial. So I talk about wealth. Okay. Wealth is deeper than financial. Wealth is simply mm-hmm. having the things in your life that are going to make your life more fulfilling and complete. Okay. Money is part of that, though. All right. I will leave that to you. But work life balance is something I want to talk about. Okay. Okay. And so the fifth one is solving problems. How to solve your problems. Okay. Um, problem solving skills, conflict resolution skills. Um, Gender differences. Mm-hmm. I know you can talk about that a lot. That's your area. And then I put in the four horsemen. Okay. That's awesome. How to avoid the four horsemen. Of what? Of relationships. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. But I guess it can apply to anything. It doesn't have to be a marriage. Okay. Okay. So, so lastly, I wanted to talk about keys to maintaining healthy relationships. So... I think what happens in a lot of couples, because I'm thinking about couples, and especially in my practice, is that you get this buildup of anger and resentment in relationships. Right. And it's and that it's a destroyer. You know, sometimes people, I have couples who come to my office, and it's too late. The damage is done. Like, they should have come in a long time ago. They come in when they're at the end. And mm. so, like, I just reflecting on that, it's so much I have to tease through all the anger and the resentment and you did this to me and you did that and I have to do a lot of therapy like it's a lot of work so it's like looking at how to nip that in the bud before it starts to compound on itself and build on itself Mm -hmm. and some of those relationships can never be repaired and it's tragic Mm -hmm. okay so that was a big thing and then I was going to talk oh I was going to do something on positive psychology which is like being optimistic having hope for the future and you know how to meditate and how to keep yourself centered and how to keep yourself calm and keep your emotions in check because that really is the key to all relationships like if you're going to be bad in your business relationships you're going to be awful in your marriage it relates it's a related thing 
mm-hmm. if you're not good at solving problems and you're not good at building a healthy relationship and a lot of it has to do with some trauma but that's more therapeutic I think in this class we should just at least point to that and if people need to deal with that they've got to go see a therapist but I think for us, just helping people identify, like, what are your triggers and why can't you stop yourself from just losing control and just going off on people? That's not going to work in your marriage. Okay. And what? And I think we should also take questions. Ah, questions, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take questions. Because, because one of the biggest things about delivering something like this is I want to make sure I give people what they what they want. Yeah. You know, what they so need. So we, we got to make sure. I'll tweak this and we got to make sure we need some more so to make sure we're we are on the same page and our communication is clear. We don't want to be confused. Yeah, I don't want this to be a marriage class. <laughs> we're not even married yet. So remember No, that. we're not. You've been married, but you know but that you're not married that anymore. That doesn't mean anything. Right. You know? So I don't want to, I don't want to I don't want every sentence to have the word marriage in it. I really think it's because I got married years ago. I married my dreams. Um it was a commitment. I had to sacrifice for that. I had mm-hmm. to you know, commit to it, richer for poorer, sickness and health, to death do us part. This was your work? You're talking about the work? I married my life, yeah. I married your my life. dream. Okay. I married my dream, and I committed mm-hmm. everything to it. I don't know how much more I could have committed to a wife. I don't I don't think I would have committed more to a wife, because I, I gave everything to my mm-hmm. dream. I mean, I was committed to it, and it was, you know, and so when I commit to you, it's not that much different from being committed to me actually I feel that you are committed to me I'm committed to you you know that already oh I'm very committed to you I feel the commitment I'm very committed to you yeah, yeah commitment commitment is something I mean I don't make a lot of commitments because I take my commitment seriously you know a lot of people I think a lot of people's commitments don't work out because they don't even know what commitment is it's like it's like debt mm-hmm. people borrow money and they don't ever plan to pay it back so maybe we should do like I'm thinking about it like maybe we should do something on like how do you maintain commitment, but at the same time put end and closure to things? You know, like because what it is is that you want to be. I'm going back to marriage. You just don't want to be married. You want to be happily married. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people who can stay together, but their relationship can be totally empty, and they can just be. Yeah, having and, parallel and, and, lives. You know and I, I mean? But w- in one area where I think that maybe mm-hmm. maybe our views are not exactly the same is, mm-hmm. I think you stay married even if you're not happily married. You try to get comfortable, and if you can, you mm-hmm. remember what your commitment was. Mm-hmm. Like like I just always saw marriage that way, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt. My I'm sure my parents were never always happily married, but mm-hmm. they just stayed married. They, that is true. I never yeah. I never would hear my father say, "Well, you know, I'm not happy anymore. I'm leaving you and your mother." You know, mm-hmm. like I just never had to hear anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I I think that everybody has a threshold. It's like when we were training for that marathon. Everybody has a threshold for how much pain tolerance they have and how much they're willing to sacrifice to keep their commitment. Like, so when we ran the marathon, I committed to running 26 miles. I wanted to stop after mile six. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a very irritating day. You know, you, you're in much better shape than me. And, and you gave me a hard time about walking, you know, a lot. And I, I was just like, fuck it. I I tried to be very patient. I know you did, but it wasn't, it didn't, I didn't enjoy like, I was already having anxiety about all the miles I had to deal with. And so anyway, doing that marathon, though, I did not stop because I made a commitment. Like I made a commitment to you, to myself, 
you know, to the universe to finish this fucking race. And I did it, you know, and, and believe me, if there was ever, and there's very few things in my life I've ever done that were, or dealt with that were more painful than running that marathon. <laughs> right. And, and so when we talk about what leads us to break a commitment, it's because we've hit a pain threshold that makes us quit. Well, there are some people who get in situations where they just don't quit. And I think, and I think, let me know when I can jump Okay. In. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but like, like, so for that race, you know, you could have said, well, you know, you shouldn't just be running boys. You should be happily running. And, and you might say, okay, well, let's put this on your legs so you can be happily running. It didn't matter. You could have done anything to my legs. You could change the weather. You could have some, you know, dancing clowns entertaining me the entire time. It wasn't ever going to be a painless experience, but I made a commitment and the commitment is what kept me going. The reward that I knew I'd have for crossing that fucking finish line, that's what mattered to me. Okay, can I jump in a second? Sure. I do want to have, I think we should do a caveat, you know, like when it comes to like abuse and when it comes to um, addictions, you know, and when it comes to like certain topics like that, I think that that should be the caveat in it because like your commitment to the relationship you know, I'm I'm not a therapist that says, you know, my normal stance is that couples should be together, but I'm not a therapist that says, above all, you all should stay married. You know what I mean? If there's issues of abuse and if there's issues of substance abuse and violence in the relationship, you know, I will put a stop, you know, and just say, listen, this is dangerous. I so I do, I do have some caveats, so I don't have that normal stance of above all, you all should be committed to each other. No, I, there's some very toxic and unhealthy relationships that I have seen that have ended and should have. Yeah, I compare that to <laughs> yeah, I compare that to like you know. run, I compare that to like running when you get an injury. If I had got an injury then that, you that was hurting, really hurting my body, I would have stopped. You know, because because you can't. It's hard to move forward at that point, and if you do, you're gonna do further. Di- so I probably like broken my leg. Right. And I would just have to, you'd have to wheel me across the line. So I can get that. So I, I would see <laughs> the the issues you mentioned, like right. abuse or addiction mm-hmm. to be like a severe injury. But, but in, you know, and I, and I, I think that, um, I think some people though will define anything to be abuse just so they can have an excuse. Like, like when they get it's like, well, you know, he was verbally abusive. Oh. It, like, like, like when I hear that, I want to know, like, what do you mean? Like, what are you, do you feel he was verbally abusive because he didn't? He didn't. He just didn't agree with what you said, and or didn't let you have what you wanted, or was he really, truly verbally abusive? Yeah, you know, I will say that um, I have. There's somebody I'm dealing with now who's in a relationship where it's very emotionally and psychologically abusive, and I will tell you that it is just as painful as physical abuse, like emotional abuse, psychological abuse, and especially financial abuse. That is just as painful as physical abuse, and so. And, and it's just as devastating to the person. So I don't know if I would even just abuse is abuse. Yeah, you know well, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. put one above another. But you know, I it, it, emotional abuse is a real thing, and um, and I've seen it, and it's it's pretty devastating for the I, person to have to go through that. I can agree with that. I mean, I think it. I think that the hard part with that is that that that's a real funny threshold because. I've seen people accuse someone of being emotionally abusive when they were actually the abusive one, the other person. So you yelled at her first. She yelled back. And mm-hmm. men don't usually go and... I mean, I don't hear a lot of men mm-hmm. saying that they were abused, although we know emotional abuse can be done to and men. And financial abuse to men. Right, right, right. So yeah. so it's kind of... um, 
you know, emotional abuse, that's a, that's a tougher one in my mind in terms of you really convincing me that that was abuse abuse. I mean, somebody punching you in the face or trying to kill you, that's easier to distinguish as opposed yeah. to like, we were arguing and she yelled at me or, well, or, or he, or yeah, he, or he, he, he yelled <laughs> or he, or he was talking back and being smart alecky with me and it hurt my feelings. You no, know. that's not emotional abuse. Maybe I'm going to have to do another one podcast on what is emotional abuse like emotional abuse is really really controlling behavior and so i mean i could go on and on about it but i feel like we've been talking for 20 minutes over 24 20 minutes, minutes and 22 so seconds. maybe next time you know we can have a conversation about what is emotional and psychological this is more than just it's more than just getting mad at somebody and yelling at them like emotional abuse is very controlling like there's different tactics that people can do in a relationship when they're like that they can be very devastating and damaging to who you are as a person when you're on the receiving end but all right we've talked well, long there we go all right so um uh thank you for listening to this episode of the dr boyce breakdown um the love money and life program that we're putting together is uh you can actually find some of the preliminary curricula um, at theblackloveblueprint.com, T-H-E, that's theblackloveblueprint.com. We actually made a film called The Black Love Blueprint also that you can watch for free uh, when you get there, and it's a great film with relationship therapists, great ones like S. Tia Brown and others that um, can, you know, help you understand, you know, how relationships work and uh, help us overcome what I consider to be arguably the greatest wealth killer in the black community. So uh, take care, guys, and uh, let us know what you think, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. Um, I was just sitting with a uh, wonderful black woman and her son, her 12-year-old son, which I think is great. I love it when people involve their children in their wealth building activities and uh, this uh, mother who lives in California um, she's worked for the government for a while and just took a job in the private sector was telling me about all the benefits that she and her son had experienced since becoming stock market investors Um, her and her son invested together her son has gotten an amazing experience of learning how to make money at an early age learning how to earn passive income learning how to own assets, which I think is extremely important for a black man. I think black men, especially women as well, women for reasons that are slightly different from men, um, should learn how to own assets at an early age. The men need to learn to own assets because a man does not get respect if he cannot provide for his family. A man does not have power if he does not have something that is his. I'm a big believer of that. Call me old school. Call me old fashioned. But I believe that that's important for the black man. He must own assets in order to earn the respect of the black woman. He must accumulate assets and be able to provide protection, security, and support in order for anybody, his family, the woman that's next to him, or anybody to really respect him. He has to be able to own his own in order for the white man to even begin to respect him. The black woman must find a way to own assets because... Men will use your lack of wealth as a mechanism to control you. People will control you because you don't have enough income. People will control you because you're financially dependent upon them. That's what they call financial abuse. And you want to avoid financial abuse. So the best way to avoid financial abuse is to have your own. So uh, men and women should have their own, and we know this. Well, anyway, we were talking, and I was explaining to this young woman something I'm going to share with you. 
which is that the difference between rich people and poor people comes down to something very basic. It typically comes down to this idea that that I'm going to ask you, actually, I'm going to start off with a question. How do you know somebody's rich? How do you know the difference between a rich person and a poor person? How do you know the difference between rich and middle class? Well, you look around, you, you see what they own. What do they own? Well, they have assets. They have what kind of assets? Well, they have maybe some stocks and bonds. Maybe they have some real estate. Maybe they have a business. Right now, now you might look at the superficial. You might look at the kind of clothes they wear, the jewelry they have on their body, the kind of car they drive. But that's that's all an illusion. You can easily pretend to be rich with that kind of illusion. That's what rappers do. Rappers like to pretend to be rich, even though many of them are broke. So that's not really the way you truly can identify a rich person versus a person who's not rich. The way you identify the rich from everyone else is you look at net worth. Net worth is what you own minus what you owe. Your assets minus your liabilities. The assets in your possession minus the debt that you have. And that tends to come in three key areas. Stocks and bonds, real estate, and entrepreneurship. Owning a business that generates income. So if you want to know how to be rich, if your kids ever say, Mommy, Daddy, how do I get rich? How do I get ahead? Please don't tell them something simple like you get a job and you work hard and you get a paycheck. It's that That's not how people get rich. People don't get rich with paychecks. Public schools are not designed to create millionaires. Public schools are designed to create good employees. Good employees are people that get a paycheck and don't think anything about building wealth. Schools design people who focus on how much money you make as opposed to how much wealth you actually keep. There's no conversation in what you own, and how those capital gains rates cause your ownership in those assets to grow over time. How the same asset can actually accelerate in value and increase your wealth while you're just sitting there. It's like sitting on top of a mountain and the mountain just growing out of the ground. Next thing you know, you're taller than everybody else. Not because you did anything, not because you worked hard, but because you sat on the right piece of land. You sat on the right spot. So basically, when you're figuring out how to be rich, you go to those three pillars of wealth. This is the three, these are the three pillars of wealth we talk about in the Black Business School, which comes down to ownership of stocks, ownership of real estate, ownership of small businesses that generate income. That's how people get rich. That's how you identify rich people from everybody else. That's what you should focus on. That's what your family should focus on. That's what you should tell your children, and you should repeat that to them. In fact, you can take this video link, share it with your friends and family, put it on Facebook, Make your kids listen. This video, or this audio rather, is only 5 minutes and 11 seconds long so far. And it'll be less than 6 minutes by the time I get done. But this is a 6 minute clip that, if applied correctly, can change your life and change the lives of everybody in your household. So you make them listen to this damn clip. You make them listen to this information. You make them listen to what's going to empower them so they don't turn into super slaves. We got too many super slaves running around in our community, and I believe we can do better. Well, I'm out of here, so make sure you subscribe. You can find the Dr. Boyce Breakdown on Spotify. Subscribe there. Subscribe to drboystv.com on YouTube. And you can also learn to buy your first share of stock for free from us in the Black Business School at firstshareofstock.com. That's firstshareofstock.com. Please take care and have a great day. Goodbye.